And we are live with our 65th episode of Absolute Absec. I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter, joined by my co-host Seth Law at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again. Uh, we're super excited to to be here tonight. Um, I know we've got another late one. We've kind of been shifting the times around because it's summer and hey, we're super professional, right? Um, but tonight we have Adam with us and you know we're going to jump right into all the things. Um, I don't think we've got a lot of announcements or a lot of things that we want to make people aware of right at the top of the show um, outside of Hey, we are going to be at AppSec USA. We're teaching our course there. Or sorry, Global AppSec DC. Dang it, I keep doing that. Um, we're teaching our secure code review course there, uh, as well as AppSec Day in Melbourne and Black Hat Europe. Like, if you're going to be at any of those places, please, 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 you know, consider us for a course uh, or go, you know, hang out or come say hi. Uh, either way. Um, outside of that, I think uh, we will be down at, you know, in. Defcon or at Defcon for uh, you know the duration of that conference. I'll be running Hacker Tracker there. Uh, Ken's running some events for work or something like that. You know, so he may be around or you may see him or you may not. But I think that's everything. Probably be like a ghost, got. like normal. Yeah, like normal. You know, you have to get to the airport like eight hours early or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> of course you do. That's the that's the only responsible way to do it. So yes, yes, of course. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's everything right now. Um, yeah, so it, we, we can jump in and introduce Adam. You want to take that, Ken? Yeah, um, and real quick, can you hear me typing when I type on the screen, or is it properly going through the AirPods? I think we're okay. I didn't notice anything. All okay, right, cool. Yeah, we. I would like for those that are seeing this. Uh, yeah, my my setup's all messed up tonight, so. We're doing this from my kitchen, as we've done before. Um, here, here, kitty, 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 right? That's cool. uh, oh my gosh, cat won't leave me in, leave me alone. So, anyways, my fault. I'm the reason we're starting later. Um, yeah. So, sorry. I want to introduce Adam. Adam, thank you for joining us. Adam Baldwin is the VP of Security at NPM. Um, if you don't know anything about, I mean, I'm sure people watching know a lot about Adam. But if you if you don't happen to know Adam, uh, Adam. Basically, he helped. Is it right to say you helped build the the Lyft security? Like you were the co-founder of the the Lyft um, node yep. company. Yep. Yeah. And so you built that up um, for years. Adam had been contributing to the like to the Node JS ecosystem uh, security side of things. Uh, Adam has done a lot in the open source land. Um, I've been a huge fan watching Adam's work for years now. Um, and we only got to meet once in person, uh, I think, because we're both like always moving around um, a lot at these conferences. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to mention. Um, there is something else I wanted to mention, but I just can't remember. So with that, with that in mind, <laughs> uh, um, you know, welcome, Adam. We appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think. I, I think initially we got into it um, last week. Ken and I were talking. I, I mean, it, it constantly comes up like application security. We're constantly talking about third party packages that developers use um, and, you know, your work specifically on NSP, like at Lyft, like the node security project that you guys ran there for a long time. Mm -hmm. That was a, you know, kind of this crucial resource for identifying packages in the node ecosystem that have vulnerabilities in them. And I know like you, you're, you, you're continuing that work in like with NPM audit and everything correct. else that goes into it. Correct. Yep. Yeah. It originally started, it originally started by being inspired by the, the, what the Ruby, Ruby CQGM security project, right. They kind of got started at about the same time. Um, and so we were like, well, build tooling. We see this, like, this is the way that we're going to get the applications that we're building owned, right? This, this is what this is the way we're going to see security flaws come in there, and we want we needed a way to communicate the things that we were finding to the community, right? Yeah. So. Okay. And so, so that's where it initially took off. Um, mm -hmm. Is the okay? So at the same time as the Ruby security gems were coming out, like what, yep. what was your experience in building that? Right? Like, um, like how receptive was the community? What was the I mean, that sounds like it was the impetus, but, you know, 
if you could yeah. kind of give a little background on that, that'd be great. Like, I, I mean, I don't yeah. want to hijack what Ken's got on his list, but you know, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's kind of screw right. him. So yeah. 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 So I can't get his internet together. Sorry. Yeah. So we were building software applications at and yet, uh, and it was software consultancy and we needed to understand, you know, kind of the, <clears throat> you know, threat model around node applications. Right. And so we, we were looking at this and, and, we saw this just sort of budding community, right? It was very fresh. We're talking like, you know, 0.2, you know, node release. It's super early on. And so it's like, all right, we have the opportunity with this community to try to make security a core value, right? To try to get the things in place, um, you know, a disclosure process, uh, you know, a, a channel to node core. And then we had this sort of like this ecosystem, right? We had node core and we had its processes. So we had the runtime and then we had this ecosystem. And at the time, of starting the node security project, there was 12,000 modules in the registry, right? It was a very young ecosystem, but even then that's a lot of, that's a lot of software already, right? Um, and that was growing at a incredible pace. Um, when we first started it, it was, you know, the tooling was pretty uh, bad, um, would be would be a good word. Like it was, it was slow, sometimes it wouldn't even finish, right? Because we, we basically, it was just kind of hacked together, right? Like, um, what do you want from me? Like. I'm, yeah, write bad code. So, um, you know, we, we put this together and at least it, it got it got attention, right? So it got it, it, it was a, a way to communicate with the ecosystem about sort of found vulnerabilities. And, and you know, we were auditing software at Lyft for many different companies, a lot of stuff focused around Node because that's where we started doing more talks and, and things. And so kind of snowboard snowballed in that direction. Um, it was it was well received. And we had a, we we tried to bring in a lot of the goal was actually initially to create this tooling, but also to create a, a sort of a, I don't know, a, a method for bringing in people to audit, uh, audit these 12,000 modules, right? Like we actually wanted to audit the whole damn thing. Right? That's yeah. what we wanted to do. You know, we wanted to boil the ocean and, and people thought we were, we were mad. So we basically, the, the, the plan was we would, look for hotspots, we would put them in a list, we'd have, we'd invite people in to sort of like go over those and vet them. Um, but immediately it was like, do I trust this? I, I don't know who this person is that wants to be involved in that. And, and I think that hindered the project a little bit, sort of my inability to sort of trust people in general, right? And, and so the uh, what that did was put the the burden on sort of like a private team of people, a smaller team. It didn't, it didn't grow as much as it could have, but that was the, that was the original goal. And I still, I still stand by wanting to do that, even though the registry is over a million modules. Now I want to get to the point where we can have that, that, that feedback loop, that, that life cycle of things. Yeah. Well, and that was I, like, that was always it, right? Like I, I saw the work that was coming out of Lyft at the time and, you know, both Ken and I, I know have get, gone and given talks on like node security, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, like this is, you know, this is how you avoid SQL injection or whatever, right? Like right. Uh, that's kind of a common, you know, common thing when you're talking to developers and, um, but that was always it. We'd get to the third party libraries and I was like, hey, these guys are doing great work. But the problem is right now it's like, there's what five or six of you that are contributing and we've got 600,000 packages that are out there. Right. And that it's growing right. at like 600 packages a day. And I'm like, 7,700 yeah, publishes a day right now. Is that what we're at? Not, now? not yeah. new modules, but new module new versions. versions. Yeah. Yeah. 7,700. Yeah, and, and like when you start to think about that as a, like, okay, from a manual perspective, you're, you know, you, you've got work for the next, you know, 500 years, right? Like if it's, you know, a couple of guys, you so it's, yeah, you can't do it. Right. So you, you've got to figure out different approaches to it for sure. Whether it is scaling up and allowing other people to do the auditing and having some sort of a checklist, whatever. Right. Um, so, I mean, that was why I think that that's what made us so excited when like node security project and you guys got acquired by the NPM team. Cause it was like, okay, that makes more sense. Right. Fr from my perspective, right. Looking at as a kind of an outsider, Yep. Uh, you know, if you're building in the security into that main, you know, package manager, you're going to get more traction, I guess. I, have you seen that grow since you've been there? Are you yes. seeing other people jump in or how's that? So, working? so we, we had, we were getting 400,000 downloads a week with NSP, right? We had, we had a, just a pile of people using that tooling. Yeah. Um, but corollary, we came to NPM, we integrated it with npm install so during install you see 
some vulnerability warnings, right? Like this is bringing in some known vulnerabilities. Um, and we, we turned that on for 11 million users, right? So all of a sudden we made security sign of top of mind, like, what is this? And it made them curious. Um, it made some people pissed off, right? Like, what is this? You know, the, the, they need to fix it. And some things can't be fixed. Like there's just no fix for it. So it did cause a little bit of, you know, frustration and burden, but for the most part, you know, we gave them NPM audit. You could see kind of what was in the database and what, what you were using. We gave them NPM audit fix. So that you could just be like, oh, it just automatically installed the fixed version if it if it fits your criteria and or the project's dependency dependency criteria, um, and that um, I mean I think that's a that's a huge win in general for getting security in front of developers' brains, right? Like getting it yeah. top of mind. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know where else I was going to go with that, but no. I, I well, mean, there was one thing I is. wanted to add. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, there are actually a couple of things. So you had mentioned in the, in the when you were first talking about which modules you're going to analyze. You had mentioned hotspots. What were like, what are like some of the criteria for, you know, for what classifies as a hotspot? So like like it's, it's so you know it, it was trying to automate the things that we were manually searching for. So back then it was like okay, childprocess.exec. Well, that's a that's a sync, right? Untrusted user input ends up in child process.exec, you have a bad time. Um, and so establishing those sort of patterns, the same things that we were looking at is we manually audited applications. But back then, we just had grep. And then beyond grep, which you know, you people laugh at that, but it's a hell of a tool, right? It's it's you can find now, bugs. <laughs> I'm and I'll tell you, I'm I'm laughing now because we we last week this was part of the the discussion and sort of a back and forth with one of the uh, the folks watching Magna um, was like, well, yes, you can't do an audit of every single module or gem or egg or whatever you want to call it, um, but you can look for like you said, child process exec or something like that um, using regex and. Uh, I think we're going to hear more about like the efficacy. It sounds like of uh, of or lack thereof of that. Well, yeah. So so you know the initial the initial run of those twelve thousand modules, we found six hundred potential instances, right? And then we had to kind of grind through that. And then beyond grep, like we ended up with um, ESLint security rules, um, which we we built out, which takes that a little bit further, where we parse the JavaScript into like a syntax tree, and then you know, mm -hmm. basically uh, look for patterns that way. So you can say that, okay, you see there's child process.exec and you see that there's like, okay, it's past a non-literal string. If it's, if it's a literal string, then like, who cares? Uh, oh, it's a non-literal. There's a potential for user input. Like we didn't do the full control flow and data flow and, and, and taint analysis there, uh, mostly because I just don't have the time to write all that code. And also it's JavaScript and it's really, really hard. Um, and, but now you have, um, and so now, yeah, we're getting to the point where we've, we've got really interesting tools. Um, you know, I'm not one to vendor plug and I, I haven't really used the tool much. Semo, uh, you know, return to corp, some of those things that are offering that type of pattern search at scale, um, which is really interesting uh, when you when you think about a, a corpus of, of code like we have um, to look at, so. Semel, is that Microsoft? No, but Microsoft did do a bunch of stuff recently with Semel and, and was talking about it. So, uh, S E M M L E. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'd heard. They were doing a bunch yeah. of stuff with them, but. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually. Uh, Stefan's been talking about them quite a bit. Ken. Yeah. That's probably where you're, you've been oh, hearing okay. it. Well, so it's, it's, it's definitely on on the list, there's some cool stuff that's going on there. Adam's exactly right, you know, as far as like, you know, yeah. Yeah, we, you, you should look into it more if you haven't yet. So I'll find a link for it. Yeah, I don't know if I answered your original question. In fact, I don't even remember what that was, so. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but no, because basically we were just talking about like, hey, you know, um, like, I'm, so basically like audit, any audit of gems typically relies upon, um, or sorry, gems libraries, yeah. uh, relies upon like CV match, like this version, uh, matches, you know, Same a CV thing. or whatever. Yep. Right. So the idea was like, well, okay, what can we do as a company internally to sort of catch 
libraries that are backdoored before there's obviously an advisory out. And I mean, that was one of the things that we were, we were kind of passing around last week was like, just, you know, doing basic pattern matching on, um, yeah, on dangerous functions, basically. Uh, so yeah, um, I guess it's interesting to hear. I mean, I'm interested in the evolution of, you know, going from a simple check like that. And also like when you, because you said you had 600 results, so you just manually had to go through and um, say yep. like false positive or not, basically. Yeah, and, and the, the thing there is like, we didn't really keep track of it, right? It was just, there's a spreadsheet, like, let's go to town. And, um, you know, we, we have since then, you know, built, you know, some workflow tools and stuff to, to help with that. But, uh, yeah, it was a manual yeah, there, effort. It's a, it's a bit of a problem. Like everybody's facing right now is this, this idea of making sure that your supply chain is essentially, I mean, it's not like right now it's, it's new or anything like that. Obviously we're talking about, Things that have been going on for years, but we I had think the problem that, with Pearl, right? Even like CPAN, right? Like the, this, yeah. this existed back then, um, it's, and it's not going away, right? We're we're continuing to consume more open source just because it's convenient, um, and the problem's already solved. Why not grab a bunch of Lego bricks and stick them together? Yeah, I mean, you you, I think you're didn't you quote it as like ninety seven percent of Node applications are, and that's being um, generous. Um, when we were at Lyft, the, we, we saw like 1% less, right? Like you're grabbing all these modules and you just kind of stick them together and stream data through them. And it's sometimes very, very low, right? And what, what you're actually shipping to production is code that you wrote um, in, in a lot of those applications. And so I think the 97% um, is, is, you know, based on some, you know, a bit of hand waving, but, you know, we've looked into it a number of times and it, it, it varies drastically, but. Yeah, it's a lot. Dang. Right. Yeah. So, that, but it's, I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say that. Like, it, it makes total sense from a developer's perspective. Like, when when I first heard that like statistic come out of your talk at, at the Locomocosec, I was just like, at first I was like taken aback a little bit, and then I started thinking about. It, I'm like, no. Like since like like you said, since the CPAN days, how much have I depended on? you know, Perl modules or Python modules or NPM packages or Ruby packages to actually do things for me that are core functionality of my application. I mean, as simple as, hey, I need to retrieve from something from a web page. When was the last time you actually wrote a TCP stack or like any of that? Because I do. shouldn't. Because no, like if no. it's a solved problem by somebody that intelligently put thought into the design of that software, like it's a solved problem, right? And I, I um, you know, it's it's a, it's a road already paved. Like, don't yeah. Do, like, yeah. don't bother. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're starting to do the same thing, like in the cloud as well, right? Like, I'm thinking about a lot of these applications where we're streaming data into AWS or you know GCP or whatever, and it's it's a very similar thing that we're starting to do with it. Hey, we've got all these services and we've got servers and whatever. We're just piecing them together with a little bit of Lambda code, and I mean, realistically, we're doing it. It's their code that's running everything, but we're just using it in a slightly different way, right? So it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because you got to put your own spin on top of it and your custom or whatever, but it's... It has its There's just a huge... Yeah, it does. There's a huge security risk that's there, right? Yeah, for sure. Um I mean, what other downsides are you talking about? Well, so, like so, performance so, uh, perspective or whatever. No, no, just just the in the security, this in the security perspective. Um, I was trying to remember something that I wanted to add, which is like ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we use this, and, and you're responsible for what you require, right? For what you pull into your application as an organization, and you know, we we're talking about sort of like auditing, auditing things, and we've got lots of orga organizations and companies um, doing this auditing, right? Like, like. You know, Microsoft brings in tons of open source. Like they're auditing it. Uber's auditing it. We heard it at uh, LocoMocoSec, right? I, th I think it was Uber. Um, you know, those companies that are consuming this, they're doing it, and and the results of that work go into the ether. Oh they yeah, just, they're, they're dissipated. They're they're internal only resources, and we never hear that. You know, Company X said this module is good enough for us, right? And that's a huge signal. For the from an ecosystem safety perspective, right, and we never get that out 
Um, and I would really like to find a way to, to capture that. Um, but it's going to be re- like, there's no way legal is going to ever sign off on any of those places to share that kind of data. Right. So, um, yeah, but, that's, that's interesting. Cause you, you, you talk about it and I, like, I'm thinking about, about past lives, right? Like right now I'm on the consulting side of things, but you know, being an architect at other places and, you know, we had implemented, you know, a static analysis tool and they're like, Oh, the developers want to use open source software. And so we started to do something similar, right? It was like, Hey, guess what? If we can scan, it's, it's a Java, it's Java code. Let's scan it. Let's take a look at it and, and see what the static analyzer thinks about it. Right. But we, we always had the problem that they never wanted us to sign off on, you know, putting those results out there because, Hey, guess what? Those third-party libraries are, you know, 90% of our code. If we tell people what we're using for our secret sauce, even though it's open source, guess what? They could replicate it. And I'm like, really? But they couldn't like, you know, you've got other, but yeah. Yeah. So, so I get what you're saying. I, I don't know of a good way though, to actually share that data. I do know in the financial services space that they've got a lot of like, sharing that's going on from like a financial risk perspective, but I don't mm-hmm. know if they've actually approached it from a technical risk, right? Uh, well, like getting the development teams to talk to each other about what they're actually using would be a huge win right? Yep. from that perspective. So yeah, it, just getting, yeah. yeah, just sharing that data, like, you know, this the same way, like I think security contributions it's the same as like, you know, a, a documentation contribution to a, a repo. Like that's a valid contribution. Uh, yeah. a security review is also a valid contribution. Right. Um, but again, that very, just like we've seen in the consulting space that varies drastically from person to person. Uh, did you know your head from hole in the ground when you looked at it? I don't know. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I've missed, to... missed things. Right. Yeah. Like oh, we, we all have, right. Like you have to vet the auditors, right. So, so yeah. you want to come up with a like a an auditing framework? Is that what you're saying? You know, for... we've got I, I got some I got something I got something that works. I won't I won't spill the beans completely, okay. but uh, something in the, in this area. Um, the other thing too, though, is is open source. Like it's it's double edged sword because you know companies also put you know put their code out you know in their their version control and it's public and you know on GitHub or whatever. And and now since as an attacker, I know. I know your inventory. I know your, I know your bill of materials. I know what you have. Yeah. I know where I know to hit you where it hurts. Right. Um, yeah. It's not just a, Oh, we got a domain and now we can enumerate. This is, this is part of an attacker's enumeration uh, step now. Oh so, yeah. 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 You talk about the OSM guides that are out there. Right. I mean, even if you look at um, some of the stuff that's coming out of bug, bug crowd, like Jason Haddock's when he talks about his like bug hunters methodology, and that's one of the things they do is, hey, cruise LinkedIn, cruise GitHub, and see what the organizations put out there because guess what? Job regs, you know? all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it tells you exactly what's there. I mean, come on, we got you know we got GitHub and NPM here on the podcast tonight, right? right? Like, you guys should be able to tell me something about organizations and what they do internally, right? You know? Yep. Yeah. yeah. You would think, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Um... Where to, where to be, where to begin? I mean, I have so many questions. Um, like one, one, one that's, uh, that's burning in my head is like, you know, what, what do you, what do you, I mean, do you talk to companies and find out, um, I would imagine you as the VP of security probably reach out to various companies and hear like, what are their, you know, their biggest headaches when it comes to package management? Um, yeah, like, what are the common concerns? What are the common solutions? Like we talked about, you know, some people use, um, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like you said, it doesn't really matter the vendor, right? It could be Black Duck, it could be whoever, like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, you could be using dependency check, whatever, like what are the, the, what are the gaps, like the biggest gaps that we're seeing right now? And yeah, that whole scene is like a, a really, a really bad, like, uh, database that, you know, is like, they eventually become consistent, right? Like all the services, like, w- w- you know, fighting for like that data first and it comes from CVE or we got the most complete database or we have the most quality database. And that's just a, it's a shitty arms race. And I just, I, I'm out, right? Like when it comes to that, like we're like, we, we maintain, we, we, you know, we have our standards for maintaining that. And, but, um, yeah, I think I think what it comes down to is that when I talk to companies, 
and I ask them what they care about and what they're scared of. And I hear malware. And I look at the fact that we do 7,700 publishers a day, 2.2 billion downloads a day. Um, the, the number of malware publishes that we've had and, and discovered, I'm sure there's some out there that we haven't discovered. Like that just, that happens. It's a natural part of the ecosystem. Um, it's a very, very small, small piece of that, right? And so I hear we're, we're afraid of malware because um, usually it's because they haven't built their infrastructure in such a way as one machine can get owned and it's going to take down their whole organization, right? Um, yeah. There's bigger problems there uh, and everyone's blaming open source and, and these these installable things. Um, but, uh, you know, mal malware is going to happen. So really, that's what I hear. I hear uh, we're afraid of, of, of this particular threat. Um, and then the next the next level down is sort of like, um, we want the, the things that we're consuming to be high quality and we want to be able to depend on them, right? So so again, that comes back to like the, the maintainers, right? We want, we want to rely on this piece of software. We're not gonna give to the community whatsoever. And we want to continue to have this maintainer just give us this, this capability for free. That's what they want. They, yeah, they want their yeah. cake and they want to eat it too. And they they they, they, they act like they just want to just consume. Uh, uh, and in that consumption story, right? That's 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 what they want. Um, I mean, that's like I, I'm being a little negative there, but that's what we see. That's, that's no. I mean, it's the same thing. Like uh, my wife and I talk about this on. Um, do you guys do like Facebook uh, H for your HOA, like or anything like that? No, we don't. No, probably the for, probably for the best. But one thing you consistently see on there is like somebody's like, oh, uh, a window install person. Uh, I want it today. I want to pay nothing, and uh, it's got to be great work. And you're like, you can't do that. You, you got you to pick one, two, not all three. You can't have right. All it's three. a standard. Yeah. Yeah. But open source consistently wants all three, right? Like that's or consumers of open source. Um, and I think it's that, basically yeah. everybody though. Right. I mean, it's even that's, large enterprise people that could presumably pay to have developers write these lines. They could pay and they could pay a fraction of one of the developer salary and make a, a considerable like, you know, donation. And, and, and also like, again, I, I said this is a local Mocosec and, and, um, you know, uh, developer burnout is attack attackable surface, right? Like, it makes uh, you know the social en engineering attacks uh, against those, you know, against those modules um, a lot easier, right? If you have a maintainer that's kind of burned out and, and isn't maintaining those libraries, uh, you can come in and and you know kick in some some basic contributions, and then they're like, oh, they're a good actor, boom, um, you know, not really realizing that uh, all of a sudden one of the legs of their chair is missing and they go to sit down. So. Yeah. No, it's a real, I mean, that's the thing is because uh, and we were talking about this before the podcast, like that, that is a, um, to hear that brought up as an attack service. I mean, it was relevant, especially because it was around that time where, um, I don't even remember the, the module now, there, um, but which module was it where uh, the permissions were like handed off because the developers like, I don't really want to. Those event, event stream. Event stream. There you go. Yep. And, it's hard. And, there have been a few libraries compromised just in the last few months, so it's, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, event stream. And, and all ecosystems. Yeah, there's Sorry. been a few. So that was event stream, and uh, you know, and, and and Dominic's a great prolific developer, right? The uh, you know, I, I know him personally, and, and he's a great person that would that would never knowingly do that, right? Like, but yeah, being yeah. put in a situation where, you know, how do you, how do you vet somebody? Like, how do you? you vet somebody on the internet right like and and even even then like you could you know we had we had uh this this recently too like a, a falling out of amongst developer of, of you know contributors you know that falling out somebody can change from being an ally to being somebody else overnight and even if you uh you know vetted somebody and had some kind of way of vetting trustworthiness you know uh, you people change people you know people get hangry and you know like whatever like here have snickers um but like it you know so people can change overnight in, the, in their their uh, affiliations or motivations or whatever so um i think that with that for me like securing you know open, my open source projects it's all about moving with 
uh, intent um, from one state to the next. And that's why I look at these things like automating dependency updates. Um, when you talk about getting rid of like known vulnerabilities, that's great. But then when you think about the malware case, like moving slow, you get rid of no, you know, or you know, you you kind of guard against malware uh, potentially. Moving fast, you kind of get rid of these these known vulnerabilities. So it's really about moving at the right at the right pace, um, and uh, and that's hard because that's resource intensive. Yeah. When you say move fast with known vulnerabilities, you're talking about like a, a, an actual database, like CV or whatever. Yeah, like you know, like NPM audit or you know like uh, stuff GitHub provides, like you know or, or any of those, right? Like where you can sort of like move really, you know, move fast because we oh we've got a signal, we've got an update, it's related to a CV. We can go apply this, and that's great. Um, but uh, you know what happens in the instance where somebody uh, you know, basically publishes a, a, a vulnerability um, in something, the next version has malware in it, you submit the CV yourself, now it triggers a bunch of builds to automatically pull that in and deploy your malware, right? Like there's there's a there's an art to moving at the right speed with this stuff. Um, Which, and, going, and going back to like, when you guys were talking about um, open source, and I apologize, I cut out a little bit. Um, Again, crap connection tonight, but um, were you talking about like reading, say say I'm a company, I put some of the code that I'm running in prod, um, I make that public and like you've got my, I don't know, uh, my requirements.txt or my package.json or whatever, like like basically you can go through, look at the libraries that that um, app would be relying upon and then that would be like where, where you try to pivot next maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. Because if if that's in okay. if that's in prod, right? Um, first of all, you, you know you enumerate the dependencies. Uh, you have that. You enumerate the authors. So you have you have a bunch of different attackable places. I can attack their npm account, right? Of of one of those maintainers, and because there's lots of maintainers, I might get lucky. Uh, I can be a. I can try to be a, a, a nice person on GitHub, right? And and submit a PR and and uh, you know, slip in a dependency or something like that. Um, that's what we saw with the, the Komodo platform one, the most recent one, Electron Native Notify. The module was valid. The contribution was valid. I mean, the signs were there that that was kind of a odd user. But, um, you know, as soon as they got it accepted, then all of a sudden the, the module, if you went and audited it, then it got flipped over to, uh, you know, being malware. Oh, so, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's like, it's just a, it's just a, a, a sequence of events and... Um, I mean, hell, you could time it where you submitted a PR and then submitted an update, and like the C, like the PR saw one thing, the build system got malware. Like, you know, there's there's races there with Sember, right? This is where I'd say Sember considered harmful, and everyone gets mad at me. Um, but <laughs> no, go ahead and expand upon that. I'd love to hear more. <laughs> Oh, I mean, just just the fact that like you you sort of instead of pinning dependencies, right? Like you sort of you can you can assert a contract, a Sember contract, which is like I want any major, I, I don't bump major because that's probably breaking change, but let any minor or patch in, or just let any patch version in because usually that's safe. But that's typically what we're seeing now is like just bumping, you know, bumping a patch release. You know, own an account, bump a patch release. Now people now you know Greenkeeper pops off or whatever dependency bots pop off, submits a PR, those get brought in, you know, things move forward. And get pushed so, out. Yeah. So well, and I, yeah. I mean, I, I also feel like the you know you're talking about the main you know like the uh, kind of the first level dependencies of a of an application, and I, like even with like event the stream, tree. Uh, the, the whole tree is such a like it's a huge attack surface when you start looking at it. Is it's not like initially, I may, I may be only pulling in, you know, five, six packages, but those depend on, you know, five, six packages each, which also depend on five, six packages before you actually get to this kind of full thing. And one of them has like a package that's locked, that's out of date or whatever in the in, the, in that whole stream. Yep. It's a huge, huge mess. I mean, that, that, that's why like NPM audit is such a good, you know, like it's nice, but canary it, there. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, how was I just gonna say? I, yeah, the vis the visual sort of like metaphor that I like is uh, it's an iceberg. 
-hmm. you see, you see the top level dependencies. That's what you care about. Right. Um, but it's, uh, there's, there's things lurking, right? Like it's got a big underneath. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's super hard to protect against from, from a like developer perspective, because again, those dependencies are so crucial to your application that you can't necessarily just turn them off when something happens. So it, you are dependent on NPM or, you know, another service provider to actually, you know, patch it for you or fix it for you. It, you know, so. Yeah. And am I, am I qualified to patch those things? I don't, I don't know. Some people have seen my code, but, uh, but that's, that's, that's the thing is that we, this goes back to entitled open source users in, in terms of like wanting the thing, but not wanting to help fix it, sling up, sling a PR, sling a patch. Those contributions are so important to keep that ecosystem moving forward. Um, And and companies are, are positioned to, to do that, to donate some of their development time to, to keep the foundation of what they rely on, you know, stable. Yeah. I mean, mean, it seems like a no brainer. Go to, if you're a corporate. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, if you're a corporation and you're listening out there, go to uh, the main sponsor them. If they're on GitHub, which they probably are, you should go there and do that. Shameless, shameless plug, right? Shameless, absolutely shameless plug. No, but seriously, like you can, there's ways to <laughs> donate. You know, there's Patreon. There's, there's like tons of ways to donate. So it's you know, there's various mediums to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. You should totally do that if you can do it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the developer won't say no, right? <laughs> we we at and yet back way back when we, uh, I think we were given some of the some of the authors of some of the stuff we relied on. Like we were we were giving out thousands of dollars a month. Um, you know, way back when, because we were just like, we need them to keep, keep this stuff going. Right. And like support them and, and just keep on, keep on doing it. You know, Substack being one of those uh, developers, but yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, one thing we didn't really like talk too much about it. I mean, cause you just mentioned, and yet and we've kind of gotten right into the meat of the discussion. <laughs> um, but like, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, you know, I've watched your work for years, uh, tweeted back at you quite a bit, you know, to ask questions or whatever, like um, gain some insights from you. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think that while Seth and I may know your backstory a bit, and we can certainly link to um, your mentorship story, it'd be awesome to hear a little bit about, um, you know, how you came into security at what point in your life you knew security was your thing and sort of backtrack and just, you know, hear a little bit more. I about still you. don't, I still don't know if that's my thing. Um, so it, it really started off like the, the curiosity as a kid, right? Like I'm like, I'm old enough to know what packet radio and, and BBSs are. Um, and so, you know, getting, getting my, I really got my start by, by getting in trouble on a local bulletin board system. A, a two line bulletin board system of, of all Ooh. things, right? Like it was, you, you were was, living the high life two it lines. Was a, you it could was, actually chat. It was 1300 people, uh, town in, in rural Minnesota, right? Um, middle of nowhere. Um, and, uh, so, so I got in trouble and, and, and it was kind of the, the proprietor of the, the BBS was like, Hey, you like gave me basically a talking about ethics and said, Hey, you want to be Kosis up? Like, you know, co-system operator, right? Like, and I was like, cool, I'll do that. And then he's all, he's like, you want a job, you know, fixing PCs and, and stuff after school. So I was like, it was paid a whole 425 at the time, uh, an hour. Uh, and like, but the, the, the thing there, the blessing that like, I was like, yeah, sure. I get to like hang out and work on tech. Like I can't afford, you know, these kind of graphics cards and all this stuff, you know, back in the sound blaster days. Um, you know, I can't, you know, like I was getting that, but also like, he's like, oh, you're into like security stuff. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'll teach you, you know, some C, I'll teach you some visual basic. I'll teach you reverse engineering with soft ice, right? Like how to, how to remove that, that neg screen from, you know, that shareware back in the day. So I kind of got my, like a taste there. And, um, you know, that grew like that, that, that mentorship and that start grew to like getting me my first job. Uh, out like when I sort of like graduated and went to went to college, uh, which is horribly at. 
know, got my job at that, that ISP, that ISP got bought, you know, ISP, ISPs are a great place to get a lot of experience on networking and systems and getting stuff owned. Um, <laughs> I told you, hi, five, the five-year-old would, <laughs> hey, uh, you called it, you called you it, called it. Yeah. Yeah. I want the dog showed up too. Anyway. Um, is everything okay? Hi. We're live here. We're, we're talking to the internet. You want to yell hack the planet? No? Okay. Hi. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, um, hopefully, hopefully I, if we can finish off here. Anyway, anyway, got, got started there and got ended up at, uh, you know, ISP land and, uh, you know, that mentorship, what's interesting about that is, is I ended up at Symantec and, you know, basically figured out that I wanted to start a company, which was a horrible idea, but we made it work. Um, and what's interesting is that that sort of mentorship, um, when I left, we'd started an ISP. Um, and that ISP grew into the, the largest rural wireless ISP in Minnesota. And what ended up happening was this, this sort of mentor, um, they called me up and said, you know, hey, uh, Jim has cancer. Uh, we need some help uh, getting uh, knowledge transferred from, from him to the rest of the team. And he gave us your name. Like, and I was like, what, you know, I haven't talked to him in, in how many years. And, and this kind of came up. What's interesting is I got that phone call as I was leaving my last consulting gig at Symantec in the parking lot, like last day. And they were our first customer. They were the only reason that we survived uh, as a company. Like we got sort of this, this like contract with them uh, kind of retainer and that paid our bills while we established a bunch of other clients, um, so which eventually amazing. that company, that company at, at Ingenuity uh, turned into Lyft and then, you know, kind of came here, but it just, it just kind of goes to show you that give, giving people an opportunity, like he didn't need to give me anything. Right. But he took the time to, to teach me and train me. Um, and that's paid off my, my entire career. Like, and so spending some time to share what you know, um, and, and, and putting it out there, right? Like that you learn a technique or just learn something that somebody else already knows, like give them credit, share it, give them an opportunity you know, to, to screw it up or to succeed or whatever, but, uh, you know, it, it may pay off down the line. Right. I feel like that goes both ways though, too. Cause you were probably, uh, I mean, not probably, you're definitely right. Somebody who's easy to mentor, who does what's asked of them, who, you know, um, will follow through and can be reliable. Right. I mean, I would imagine maybe you yeah, just, like, maybe just had a soft spot for you, but you know, I imagine no, that's sort I think, of how that went, right? Yeah, I was like, I remember getting handed um, the Windows 32 internals book that was like this thick. And he's like, here's your guide to like, you know, all that stuff. He's like, you don't have to read it cover to cover. But like, <laughs> here's your guide. You know, Good luck. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, just was given a lot of opportunity to, to learn and, and, and grow and, you know, also like uh, to fail. So like he, he gave me opportunity like um, – like I, th I, I fixed a, a, I fixed like a friend of the family's computer and like, they gave me like 20 bucks. Right. And like, I think I'd said something about it and he goes, well, you know, that's moonlighting. Right. Like, cause that was kind of my job. Right. Like that was just taking kind of money from the shop. And, and so he, he, he didn't really like ever scold me, but he, ever, he always took time to talk things through about ethics or, or like responsibility or, you know, just like uh, promises and following through. Right. Like that was always just like, it's just a great opportunity. And, yeah. So I, know, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's more than technical mentorship. Basically, it's it's, a, it's a rounding you off as um, as an individual or helping shape you as a, as an individual. Yeah, definitely a huge impact. Leader. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I what? Good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I oh, as I rip rip my headphones out of my, I had the same thing happen at Symantec too. Um, I didn't have a degree. And I, I did an interview there and uh, uh, Tim Gallo uh, was, was the person who interviewed me. 17 minute phone interview. I still remember, still remember looking down, it was 17 minutes uh, and I basically had a job offer like the next day. It's like, and I, I didn't have a degree. I didn't have like, like, like all of the, the things, but he's like, he like, I don't know, gave me the opportunity to kind of come in. And then it was just, it was easy to, to move from there once inside the company. But um yeah, again, somebody sort of taking a chance, taking a uh, on me. So. What made you decide you wanted to run your own company? I mean, 
you know, like people ask, I'm sure Seth, people ask you because you've, you've had a couple now. So yeah. I get asked though, like, you know, I'm thinking about doing a, starting a business, you know, and I, I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you, I'm not the wrong person to talk to. Like I, I have no love for it. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's not that it's just really hard. Like you have to really, I feel like you have to want that, but, um, understand what all comes along with it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, why, I mean, I, guess I was an, I was an ignorant question. kid. I was an ignorant kid. And I think, I think that in that situation, ignorance, ignorance is bliss, right? I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I stubbornly just said, I'm going to do it and I can do it better. Um, the, uh, the consulting arm of, of semantic was kind of falling apart at that, at that point. And I was doing a lot of work and I was seeing the, the, I was seeing what I was producing for the dollar amounts they were charging. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I can do this and was, was ridiculous. You know, at the time we, we made it work. Right. And then, you know, but, uh, that was kind of the, the impetus was, uh, which is funny because that right before I, I I quit to go do that, I got my degree. Like I did it all backwards. I got my degree and then I promptly didn't need it. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, no, that, I mean, that, that's just pretty it's, standard, right? Yeah. I want these I mean, fat checks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my audio is cutting a lot. You guys continue. I'm, I'm cutting out. <laughs> oh, you're fine, Ken. Yeah. I, I like, I don't know. I mean, exactly what you're saying, though, Adam. I, I think people underestimate, right? Going into starting a business, you go in pretty blind the first time as far as, oh, crap, you know, what does overhead actually look like? Yeah, you know, Symantec charges a certain rate, but then you also think about the overhead that's involved in that rate and the name and everything else that they've been all built yep. up over the years. And it's, you know, th there's a lot that goes into it. And so you understand that more after you've tried to do it than before because it's really easy I, I mean i know my first gig at fishnet and i started seeing those rates that they were charging people on the amounts and i'm like holy crap right yeah same sort of thing and then when you get out there and you're like oh yeah you had you know 300 people on staff and you've got all this support staff and blah, 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 blah. And, yeah. oh my god as soon as we started doing mobile assessments i mean the rate yeah. on mobile when <laughs> was that was crazy. like just coming out i mean one assessment you're good for a while, man. You can pay your bills for, for yep. a hot minute. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, so it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I, I think you're right. Ignorance is bliss when it comes to it, right? There's a lot of the small consulting firms. That's what it, that's where it starts. And what's interesting too, is kind of tying it back to the, the opportunity side of things, right? With the, with the mentorship, I can tie back not only just to like Jim and, and the, the ISP, customer but then our first like our next anchor um customer was a company called indonero uh and and jessica ma um was pre-funded uh so we, we we did like a week of work for like pennies right like but but we negotiated being a part of their banner rotation so so they took a chance on us we were like a nobody appsec kind of company and uh you know, they, they put us in their rotation. Well, well, Chris Wanstrath saw the tech crunch and, and, and saw our name on the, on the, on the banner. And so we got, we got GitHub as a client because of that. And then because we got GitHub as a client, we got listed on the security page. And because of that, it snowballed into everything else. And so it's like, again, you know, somebody's sort of taking an, a, a chance and an opportunity. And like you usually can tie these, these things back, but I, I can definitely tie it. Like that's, that's, that's a sequence of events that, that made it, so that we were successful. Obviously we did what I felt quality work as well. And, and it, and that, that helped, but. Working hard and being a good person. I mean, that goes, it's crazy how simple that sounds, but that's like, just be a good person, work hard. I mean, yeah. honestly. Answer the phone, good. show up, do good work. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we, I'm, I'm burned so many joking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I burned so many weekends, you know, saying that this is the scope that I'd cover for this, you know, it's like, well, I said I was going to do it. I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and hence you learn about padding, right? Yes. Hence you learn about how to scope properly. Properly. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's funny how it all kind of comes full circle when you start 
thinking about it, right? Yep. But that's, I, I mean, that's cool. I, like, I know we've talked about mentors a couple of times, um, and actually, you know, being a mentor, but also looking for mentors that are willing to kind of give out that, or to work with someone that's not that hasn't been in the industry for quite as long, or is looking for something extra. Right? Um, I mean, that was a big thing that Chris was talking about, right? Ken, Chris Gates, when we we had him on. Because it is, I like I think about you know my time and yeah. you know what you're saying, and there's a lot of, hey, the people that I've really connected with, it like the relationship has started out as something like that, right? Yeah. It's a manager that I had like early on in my career who was just basically like, hey, I'm going to take a chance on you because I need somebody, and you seem sharp, and guess what? You're asking for too too little pay, right? You know. Because if I if I only pay you that I can't I can't you know in a year you're gonna leave because I can't get you I can't give you that big of a raise right stuff yep. like that that happens all the time and yeah it, like it also it, it means that like when I turn around and there's somebody that's sharp on the other side that I'm, I want to bring in it it makes me more likely to be like hey guess what I see where you're at now and I'd rather just have you as a resource than you know pay you absolutely minimum what I could. Right? Yeah, there's lots that we have to have to teach. Um, yeah. So, how big is your team over there? Right. At, team at NPM. NPM is four people uh, right okay. now, and I'm hiring a security engineer, my fifth. So. Awesome. Some shameless plug. Yeah. So, I mean, you you guys were for a while going back to the the consulting side. You're a consult. You're. It's always interesting because Seth and I have done this. We've tried it. Um, which is doing like some services to fund uh, development. Uh, so yep. were you, is that what you were doing? Like, were you bootstrapped the whole time when, you know, like using services to fund? Yeah. Or we never got any funding from, from day one. It was, it was uh, completely bootstrapped. Um, and we lasted 10 years and nine got acquired. Um, so yeah, we, we were effectively, we were, um, it was all services driven and NSP was like this side project um, really. Uh, and then we decided like, we, we should have done this earlier. Like we decided to kind of start to monetize it and, you know, turn it into like a, a platform and um, you know, that uh, conversation with, with the interesting thing is like when we first started NSP, we, we talked to Isaac, we were like, how, how do we, how do we, how do we get this built in? Right. Like and it was like, it was just too early. Um, you know, they really felt like it was, it was worth something. And like, they, it wasn't a company yet. And it was like, you know, it's kind of open source and, you know, it just, we never got it. We should have pushed harder on it, frankly, but uh, um, anyway, yeah, that was, I don't know where I was going with that, but. It's late now. And we, we appreciate you joining <laughs> late too. Yeah. I'm joining this late. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, um, I mean, I was half kidding about, you know, never, I mean, I was, joking but um building a business is incredibly hard and i think that like um one thing that might be helpful is to share with people you know some of those like this is not you know you've been doing you've been doing this for a while so it, you know any any thoughts besides being a good person and having a good work ethic you know what sort of things would you give people who are looking to maybe um start a consultancy Oh man! Besides, uh, don't. Besides, was, don't. Besides, was, don't besides do don't. it. That was that was um, loaded, Ken. Wow, I wasn't was sure where I was going with that. <laughs> besides, don't. Uh, you know, that's hard. I I learned so much stuff. You know, the the it, really the core of it is 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 what you said. But, you know, do what you're going to say. Show up and all and all that other stuff. The the rest of it is uh, the hidden stuff. The you're going to spend time on marketing. You're going to spend time on sales. So you, you, uh, you can't say, well, I, I'm not going to be a salesperson and start a company like too bad. You're a salesperson. Um, but you get to do it your way. Um, you know, I, I did sales my way with, with integrity. Um, you know, and, and I told people what we were going to give them and told them what we couldn't give them. Um, and that usually was, was met with, with a, a thank you, uh, rather than a, Oh well, you know, you're telling me we're gonna give a pen test, but we what do you mean we still might get owned? What? Like how does this how does this work? Like and so trying to get set their expectations properly of like of of how this works and how this fits into their program and all that other stuff. Um 
other than that, man, there's just so much. Um, set aside money for taxes. Do that. <laughs> you did. I knew about Don't forget it, about that. I, I, Uncle Uncle Sam wants their money, and and uh, we we never had a problem with that. But uh, it's I, I know lot, there's been a few friends that have gotten caught up in that, and you know, standard like yep. just just the, oh the other thing I, I forgot to mention this. Actually, ask people who have been this been in this situation, right? Like we talk about mentors and we talk about like relationships. I always put that out there. Anybody can email me. It's adam at npmjs.com um, or Twitter, adam underscore Baldwin at Twitter. Anybody can can send me questions. I will do my best to, to answer them genuinely. And nobody ever asks. Nobody ever says, you know, hey, like you, you've got this experience. What should I do in this situation? Nobody, nobody asks. Like, like, like I'm, I'm available. And like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that don't, don't flood my freaking inbox now, please. But <laughs> I'm um, just going to email you but, questions all day long, Adam. <laughs> but, but, but it's true. Like in, and, and so I started doing that when I started at NPM, um, I started reaching out to the people I knew from that, like the clients that I was working with. I'm like, I was doing offense. I'm now in a defensive role. I'm not doing services. I'm doing product. My world was turned upside down. And so the first thing I did was like, um, I reached out to some, some of those people. I'm like, how do I measure success? What, what are the, what are the first three things that I should be doing? Like, like asking some of those questions. Cause those people have been there. They've done it. Like I, like I only, you know, I, I've, you know, I've done defense, but it was, it was, you know, in a different era. Um, and so, it, you know, that, that's what I did. Just reach out. Cause I was surprised. I was very nervous and, you know, frankly, a bit scared to kind of reach out to some of these people because they're, they're personalities in the, in the community, some of them. And it's like, man, you're kind of, a, you're kind of that, that rock star personality. And, and turns out they're just people. Turns out they were happy to, to grab a quick video chat and give me advice. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was blown away. So. Yeah. Don't hero worship. That is a bad road to go down. It, it's hard. It's it's hard to not when you're just like, uh, you're you're cool. Oh no no, no. <laughs> saying that having we, I'm sure all three of us made that mistake. Um, yeah, yeah, and even still, sometimes when you meet people, you're like, oh, you're so cool, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, you know, like then you invite them on their podcast on your podcast, and they 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 come on and they tell you all about uh, <laughs> uh, open source is doomed. And, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Open source is doomed. Is that the is the is that the name of this episode? I, I hope no, not. I hope not. I would not say that. We, yeah, no. there's there's a lot more to come. I think you know it's 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 cyclic. Everything's cyclic, right? So, ebb and oh, flow. Yeah. We'll we'll see new challenges and we'll build tools and technology and and then we'll reinvent the wheel again, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, and that, and that's what I didn't want to see happen with with Node, right? I like you know we saw like I loved PHP, like it was a transformative language from going from a static sites to like dynamic sites. And we, we saw kind of the, the problems it had and the, you know, the, the, the things there. And I was like, I, I want this ecosystem to be better. Like I, like I want, I want things to be better. And I, we had an, op we still have an opportunity. Right. But uh, it's like ground floor. Like you don't get that opportunity very often. Um, yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, definitely, you're right. the The way that PHP went, right? I mean, it's it, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not dogging on it because I I loved it, but um, you know, it it, it uh, uh, you know, lots of bugs and every everything has bugs, but you know, just in you know, just in maturing, I was like, well, we can fast. We we have all these communities where we've learned things from, whether it's PHP or other other languages, right? Like, we stand on the shoulder of giants, right? Like like okay, we don't have to regress. We don't have to relive all of this. Hopefully uh, we'll invent our new horrible problems um, and, and learn from, <laughs> learn from the past. Uh, hopefully. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think we, I mean, here we are, we like are. years. Yeah. We're Sorry, years later. Uh, I'm just having this terrible lag. I'm just going <laughs> to, no, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to stop. My <laughs> lag is so bad. <laughs> I don't even know where it's going anymore, Ken. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. No, I, like, I, I definitely feel like we are, like, we get better, but it is, it, it seems like we pay, we, we learn those same lessons over and over, right? You know, as, as a developer, I do, right? Definitely when I get, get back into projects, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have to do X, Y, and Z, because if I don't, from a business perspective, we do the same thing. 
right? Like it's, I, I almost think it's just human nature, right? You know, if it, we're going to relive it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah, just, you can't just give a, a new developer, like, welcome to the ecosystem. Here's your, again, your, your giant guide of all of the history of everything that you should know about so that you don't F everything up going forward. Right. Like, it, like it just doesn't work like that. Um, you know, you can have some, some guides and some, some handholds, but like sometimes as a developer, you just have to go through it and you just have to write some bad code and, and I don't know, but yeah. Well, yeah, I look back at my PHP code from the day, right? You know, and it's it's, it's horrid, right? Like I know, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going there anymore, but that's exactly what it, everybody's got to got to learn somehow. And I know when we've had Manico and others on, they've talked about like how they want to build, or you know, as a security like industry, or as like you were developing these frameworks, like we want to put the rails in place so that the failure isn't as bad when it really comes down to it. Right. You know, so like, yeah, somebody does something bad or like insecure. Hey, guess what? The risk or the threat from that is way less than it was when, you know, we were back in the PHP days and we're just, you know, hard coding SQL injection everywhere. Right. That was just the way that we did it. And, you know, but yep. nowadays we know better. So we do better, but if we don't provide them with the tooling for that, it's, it's almost on us that are creating those frameworks that we didn't give them a secure way to do it, right? And that's kind of what I love about, you know, modern modern frameworks too. Like it's just, we're starting to get rid of some of those bug classes a, a, a bit, right? Or we're starting to give at least some guardrails, right? It's like, okay, you're new to this. Like do follow this pattern and, and you'll be you'll be okay um, you know, with React or, or whatever, right? Like we're giving, like it's, it's harder to just, you know, dangerously set you know some html someplace that was my first php app that i ever wrote was like riddled with cross-site scripting uh that was the first thing my friends did was like put image tags and like marquees and it's like come on get out of there um yeah yeah yep yep that sounds good right mm -hmm. sounds like you had good friends then right <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean that's part of part of how you learn, right? It's like it, it's embarrassing, but you know, same thing. You, you, like you know, you leave your your laptop unlocked, and then um, somebody wants ice cream. Um, yeah. the, leave the laptop unlocked, and you get a little card that says, "Hey, you're, you're, you left your laptop unlocked," and now you learn. Yeah, or it might be something yep. worse than that, but I'm not going to promote that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was always it. You know, here you come back and they, they had turned your monitor upside down or like, you know, flip the whole screen so you couldn't see anything and you, you have to, you have to figure out how to flip it back. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, it's all part of, part of a learning process for sure. And security is going to always be that way, right? There's always going to be, because we're, we're seeing new classes of vulnerabilities. We're seeing new stuff pop up and yes, it's not as dangerous as maybe it once was, but then we've got all the dependency issues that we're dealing with now, right? Like there's new vectors that keep popping up. You, so. you trade, yeah, you almost trade one one thing for another. Is that, yeah. is there always going to be a balance? Like there's, the scale's always. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be somewhat even. Yeah, for sure. So, well, cool, Adam. Um, we have been going for over an hour at this point. <laughs> I told you I was long-winded. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> it goes, it's, it's been awesome, man. Like, it, it's good to finally, like, see you face-to-face, -face, right? You know, from my perspective. And we'll, we'll definitely have to connect when we get down to hacker summer camp down there right yes. you're going to be around yep um so outside of that right like you said you were going to be at defcon are there other places that people can connect with you i mean you gave out your email address they can, they're obviously welcome to use that right but any sure. other places that you're going to be in the in the near term or the rest of the year that they could meet up and say hi yeah next uh let's see up next i'm going to be at defcon right that's going to be coming up next uh, for that. And then after that, I'm going to be at InfoSec Campout, um, which is outside of Seattle. Uh, you know, looks like a, a small, fun event, just a campout. Um, I'm going to be speaking there. Um, should be fun. Uh, so yeah, if you're in the Seattle area, definitely easy to, to pop out and, and either attend or, or come hang out and camp and tell scary stories. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that, that'd be good. Um, and you can always follow Adam on Twitter too. Adam underscore Baldwin, right? That's you. Yeah, underscore is important. You'll, you'll, if you don't put the underscore, you get the underscore. malicious actor. Okay, there you go. You get your alternate identity. We see how it is, right? Yeah. You know, we, we, we know, we know how it goes. Um, 
but yeah, we appreciate you coming on, right? Like it's very timely and relevant uh, to talk about this stuff and, you know, as, as you launch more things and I, I your daughter's fine. <laughs> Super professional. Ken's petting his cat. So like it's, it's obviously late in magic time. So. Helmet and his appropriate safety. Right? Yeah. There we go. Stay safe. You know, so safety third, something like yeah. that. Something. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been great uh, catching up and you know talking about all the things, you know, sometime we'll have to have you back on, you know, as you're launching your new stuff or whatever, right. If you come up with something cool, definitely be able to yeah, promote whatever. Right. And if you guys are hiring right, or if you're looking for a job, talk, talk to Adam, you know, yep. Yep. We'll hiring security engineer for sure. We're, uh, she's saying safety first. Um, that's hilarious. Anyway, thanks for having me on. It's been, it's been great. Uh, great pleasure to be on and and uh, hopefully some you know all the listeners got some out of it and it's uh good time so thanks ken anything any last minute thoughts nope um uh, oh well yeah one one thing i was going to mention is that we are working on a uh, blog for the podcast um so we've got the the tech going for that now we just have to actually write stuff so um yeah, we, we got a blog coming out. Maybe we'll even do like for friends, um, you know, we they can throw some jobs on there or something. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all that I had to add um, besides thank you, uh, Adam, and thank you to the listeners. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll be back next week. And, yeah, we'll talk to everybody then. Bye.